What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Lens. I'm your host, Ken Nelson, and on today's episode, I got my boy, Eugene Wilson, on the show today, man. Um, Eugene is, uh, let's see, how many titles? You got director of photography, director, you did some <laughs> writing. Have you done some writing yet? You know, I haven't really done writing. I'm more of a, I'm more of like the visual, visual type of person. Visual. So I haven't okay. done writing. I've done some producing before, not freelance producing. It's more like stuff from my own company, but um, usually, you know, director, DP, you know, just a little bit of everything, camera operating. So, yeah, man, I'm glad to have you on, man. I, and um, I wanted to bring you on, you know, just before we, we got on the show, um, I was talking about filmmakers, um, a lot of filmmakers not being business savvy, right? You know, and we're very creative, um it's all about you know we talk about the film as our baby you know the creative process and and a lot of times we i think you know filmmakers we miss out on opportunities um you know ownership we miss out on opportunities um not understanding how to um i think maximize certain resources that we we right. you know we we have or and we, we just we we have to change our mindset and so i know like i when i started the podcast and i was talking a lot about um, you know, the emotional well-being of, of, of film, because it can be grueling, man. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to make a film, like you, like I said, you've you done music videos, you've done commercials, um, you worked on films. So it can be a very challenging, it is very challenging, you know, um, and, and you're freelance and you're not even freelancing. You're doing, you have a business, like you're doing this 100% full time. And so we're going to talk about that too. But I wanted to bring you on, man, because you, you've recently, I probably in the last year, You've kind of ventured into investing, and I've, I've, I've uh, saw you post about, you know, you three streams of income. Main streams is, is filmmaking, what you're doing with your, your your media company and film, real estate, and investing. And so I want to go into that, man, because I think it's interesting. And, and just, you know, um, since I first met you, like you 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 went to Michigan State, like, and we met through my boy Will. Like I was looking for somebody to film my sincerely Brenda premiere. Yeah. Yeah, and my boy Will was like, "I'll oh, get with Eugene." And so, I remember when I first met you, I was like, "You kind of seemed mature, like really mature for, um, you know what I'm saying? Like being young, as young as you are." Yeah. Now go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, I I remember when I first met you, and it wasn't until probably like maybe like four or five months after that where it like really clicked in. I was like, "Wait, this is the guy." Oh, wait. This person, this person is like, ah, I see, I see, you know, how, how everyone connects now. But in terms of, you know, what you're talking about when it comes to like finances and business and freelancing and stuff, uh, one of my favorite movies to watch is the movie Scarface. And the reason why is because, yes, it's a great story and everything. And it talks about, you know, it shows a whole bunch of different, you know, legal activities and everything. But it just, it always reminded me that you, you know, outside of making good movies, you know, and the legal activities that they show, that that is like the goal when it comes to financial freedom, <clears throat> at least for me. You know, it, I don't have to have like the private mansions and everything, but like just that financial well-being and understanding that, you know, if I want to take weeks off and go somewhere, I can't. You know, I, if I have, you know, kids in the future and 
they have events that I want to go to. It's just like I can. It's not that, you know, if I don't go today, I'm not going to be able to feed my family or I'm not going to be able to pay rent or just whatever that is. But that's kind of really how it started. And I don't know if you knew this, but at Michigan State, I was a music major first. I was on like, oh, the drum that. line. I, 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 so I went there on a music scholarship and my end of my sophomore year, I was just like, man, okay, my options are be the best musician in the world or become a teacher. And I'm like, dang, well, how am I supposed to make money? And that's really where it started. I was like, well, okay, I love movies. I was already learning to write scores for movies. And so I was like, why don't I just learn how to make movies? And then that's when I got into cinematography. And then I realized, like, dang, there's way more money in the production of movies than it is making music for movies. And I just kind of took it one step at a time. So, man, before before we started the podcast, I was asking you about, because um, you graduated in 2018. And so I was asking, did you come out of college and go straight into, like, working your own business? Or did you work a, um, a job first? So talk about that story. Yeah, so... When I graduated, um, actually, I, I'll rewind it a little bit. My junior year, I um, that's when I started Fifth Media. I was still in school. I bought a whole bunch of equipment. I was running everything out of my dorm room. Whenever I couldn't make it, I was literally hopping on the phone with people who already graduated from MSU to cover shoots for me. Like so, I, like that early experience came when I was about, about what twenty at the time, and the uh, drumline instructor at Michigan State, John Weber, you probably won't see this, but gonna, you know, I'll just say his name anyways. But when I stopped being in the drumline, he was one of the few people that was in the music program that didn't like shame me for like leaving music. Because a lot of people looked at it as like, oh, you know, he's he's giving up. But when I switched over because I wanted to do film, uh, like I said, this is my junior year. He actually got me my first client and had me do a promo shoot for Olivet College. And he literally picked up the phone, called the music director, and was like, yeah, I heard you want to promo. One of my guys that was on the drum line can do it. And went out there, did a great job, and then that led to another client. <clears throat> and so when I graduated, uh, I already had a good portfolio, and I applied to Quicken Loans. I'm thinking I'm about to go there and be one of their video producers. And the whole my whole senior year, this is what my plan is. Go there, make 50 a year, boom, have everything lined up. And then I remember calling them like two weeks before graduation. I'm like, yeah, you know, I never received a phone call about when I start, you know, if the salary is confirmed. And they were just like, yeah, you know, uh, we don't have a position for it. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm just like, wow, that's how it works. That's how it works. Okay. So then for myself, I was like, you know what? Fine. You know, I, I don't need y'all anyways. I just do what I was doing. And I mean, you know, I took it step by step. My mom was kind of worried at the time, you know, kind of looking at me like, so what are you going to do for money? And I'm just like, mom, watch. It's going to work. It's going to work. Don't worry. And, um, yeah, I really just took it step by step. If it wasn't for weddings, you know, for a lot of people who go into video, especially uh, black people, that's our way of getting into the industry because it's, it's hard to just go right into commercials, you know, just to be able to make some type of money, you know, first thing we go into whether it's you know promos for events or specifically weddings and you know just took it one step at a time so go back to man because you, you said in the dorm rooms you were like 
getting gigs and you were like sending people out to shoot the gig. So you, you already were like, you know, delegating, managing the processes, entrepreneurial. Where did that come from? And did you grow up with your, were your parents entrepreneurial? Like talk about that, that um, mindset that you had. Where did you get that from? All right. So this is the thing. Um, my parents aren't entrepreneurs, but the first movie that I remember watching as a kid was Godfather and Scarface. And so I, I remember my dad always telling me, you know, you don't want to make money the way they're doing it. You know, you want to make it legal. He said, but basically drug dealers are some of the smartest people in the world. And he was like, so if you pay attention to just how they do business, how they communicate with people and just how they move, he said, you just bring that into the business world. He said, you will succeed. And that's kind of just the page I was on. So even though I was into music, it was my way out in terms of going to college. You know, that's that's how I kind of got away from uh, it wasn't like I, I didn't grow up like in the crazy rough neighborhood or anything like that. But just the everyday issues of being black in a white community. Just all the noise that kind of circled around, music was my way out. So when I graduated, I wasn't thinking about making money. I was thinking, like, I just want to go to Michigan State. You know, I'll be the first one in my family to go to a big university, this, this, and that. But then once I got there, I was like, dang, you know, I got $10 in my bank account. You know, they about to take the scholarship. What I'm going to do for money? My dad ain't got it. My mom's ain't got it. So what am I going to do? And that's when it just, like, clicked in. Like, okay, well... If I'm going to do this as a business, I need to be serious about it. So I was like, you know, cold calling people. I was just, you know, sending random emails to everybody. Uh, any like social site that you can go to to get clients, whether it was Fiverr, Upwork, Thumbtack, uh, there was Bark.com. Like there's there's tons of them all over. I was just at home on the computer. Just boom, boom. $50 here, $100 here, $75 here. Bought a camera, this, this, and that. And I know you know Kabeem. Kabeem was actually one of the first people I called when I had to shoot. And I only knew him from class. But I remember we were in class and I saw his reel. And I was like, dang, okay, he kind of sweet. So I just made sure we stayed in connection. I had a gig pop up. It was a birthday party I couldn't do. And I just I remember calling him like, hey, look, you know, uh, I think the pay was probably like 350 bucks. I was like, look, I can give you 280. I keep the rest. You come shoot this. And, he, he you know, he's a year ahead of me. So he was already off campus. And I remember he drove on campus, picked up the J's five in the Ronin, and then boom, went to go shoot. Came like it, it was, it was, it was kind of crazy at the time, but it was doing that is what gave me the confidence to say, you know what, quick and long, I'm good. Like I'll figure it out. So you in school, you just like getting gigs. So you ain't partying, you ain't going out, <laughs> you ain't doing, you know, being a college Honestly, student. Honestly, after my my sophomore year, it chilled down so much on that and. The biggest reason was just I, I was just looking at so many people that was around me and I'm just like, money isn't everything. Don't get me wrong. Money isn't everything. But I I was sitting there like, man, like I'm trying to get out of my mom's house. Like, you know, I'm trying to be able to graduate and and let the family know, like, like I'm good, you know, because, of course, family is going to you know worry. They're going to say we're here for you and you want that support. But it's like, uh. You know, I, I don't know how viewers would take it and you can choose to cut it out if you want to. But how I viewed it was I had so many friends who were who were white, who were who would graduate, be working at their parents company that they own. And like I had one buddy, he graduated, started working 
made 70 K his first year, got a raise, was making hundred K his second year and already had his student loans paid off. And I'm sitting there thinking like, like, dang, what am I doing? You know? So for me, seeing that, seeing them already graduate and I'm a junior, I'm trying to match that same energy because I'm just like, you know, that's, that's what I want. You know, I want, you know, I'm not even looking like at the materialistic things. I'm just looking at the basics. I want my own house. <laughs> you know yep, something yep. you know so that's just that's where the motivation came from and then me passing on to my brother and then him catching on only motivated me even more you know just one more just for the family in general no that's man let me tell you that's dope man because that's why i asked i was joking about partying and stuff but i was kind of not joking because like if i you know if i could go back my wife and i we talk about it all the time like you know if i could go back to like my college days and you know balance it better you know what i'm saying i was you know i was having fun but then there's a lot of things i could have done financially with my money because bro like you know I'm, I'm living with roommates like i was always working but i'm just like buying stuff here buying stuff there i would put some stuff up but i, I man we were just my wife and i were just talking about this man we were like yo do you realize like like when amazon and when netflix and google yeah. like, all these companies were like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Eight dollars a share, and not, you know what I'm saying? Like it was like I, I was working full time, and I was in a position. My wife, we were in a position to buy up a lot of shares. You know what I'm saying? But we didn't have that. Not we, didn't, you know. And again, are we talking about like you know, like you mentioned, like your white friends, you know. And, and when we look at like, and we're gonna transition a little bit into like investing and everything. But um, black people, we just behind the eight ball. You know what I'm saying? And we don't you know. know. We don't know. You don't know. And it's like, it's not, it's not even a bad thing. It's just, if your parents didn't know it, you can't expect me to know it because someone has to teach it to me. And how I first got into it is that um, about six or seven years ago, my uncle became a financial advisor. And so he always taught me just the proper way of savings, the different bank accounts you can open, you know, getting like loans and business loans the uh you know health insurance and and then you know safe ways safe ways to be able to you know put your money aside for retirement and i just remember thinking like uh like we talked about having a roth ira which is similar to a 401k but with the with the roth ira you don't have to worry about the taxes once you get to a certain age you can get a um, take out all the money that you want without worrying about that you know that high tax percentage and I'm like, yeah, that's great. But I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, said, but how am I supposed to make money now? <laughs> like, like, you know, and granny, every every young person wants to know how can I make money right now? And but that was my mindset. And I just kind of pushed it to the side up until the COVID incident happened. And I remember this was the the day right before it shut down. And it, it was it was crazy because I was I was on route to like have my busiest busiest winter like i've ever had like i remember talking to my wife i'm just like you know if you, you can come with me if the work schedule allows it but i was supposed to go to atlanta for two weeks i had a trip to california that was going to be for a weekend i was going to come back and i had like like 14 days of shoots all lined up and the day that the uh the the world shut down yeah i guess yeah the whole world shut down that night, I was on the phone with the person who booked my ticket to, to Atlanta, and she called me back at like two in the morning. I was like, we have to find a local, you know, 
COVID, this and that. I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's two weeks of, of what I had planned. And then everything shut down. I started getting those phone calls of like, all right, this is postponed. This is postponed. I'm like, all right, well, there goes my, you know, what was this? This was in March. So I'm like, there goes my February, March, April. And I'm like, all right, well, let's just see what we have. And I remember Kabeen texted me and was like, look, you got money saved up. What we need to do, we need to learn the stock market. And I'm like, ain't got nothing else to do. My uncle taught me a little bit, but I didn't know how far it could go. And so I just started paying for just educational stuff after educational tools and joining other people groups, seeing what they're learning, you know. And if you ask me, I, I got it was very fortunate for everything that happened at that time because when I did learn in terms of the experience, it was something crazy because within the first month, I experienced my first market crash, experienced what happens when it recovers, and just a whole bunch of details that most people, when you first start trading, don't get a chance to learn because you have to go through a whole 10 years before you see all the drama with the presidents and how stuff reacts to news and everything that happens like right now. So it was, it was it was it was a weird phase, but I mean, you know, you go through stuff and you got to come out better on the on the other side. Yeah, man. Talk about how you how you, you know, accelerated your knowledge in a year with stocks. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the first part about it is when it comes to learning the stock market specifically, it's 70 percent patience. And then it's 20% knowing the numbers. <clears throat> and, and it's not really math oriented. You know, there's like literally a little bit of math. Most of it is just understanding how to read a chart and understanding how certain stocks react to news. And then once you get that part, the other part is just patience. And, and that's no matter what type of thing, like what type of trading or investing you're trying to do. Because if you're an investor, you know, you might buy a stock that's at $45 and you might see all the people talking about how much money they're making off of it now because they bought it at $12. But, um, you know, that $12 stock they've been holding on to for two years. So it's just that two years later now that, you know, they're making money. And to give you an example, uh, there's a stock plug power that, that I think you probably saw before that was in the chat. And the actually invested in plug power when it was, when it was at $12. I didn't, and I bought in when he did, but when the market crashed, I sold because like I said, this is just the learning. I sold and then I took my eye off of it. And the next thing I know, boom, it's at $20. I'm like, why, you know, why did I sell? Then you start researching and you really understand that, you know, they want you to sell. They call it shaking the tree. So for the long time investors, if you buy it and you're like, man, it's going down and it keeps going down. They always tell you, just close your app. Don't even look at it because it's long term. It doesn't even matter until a year from now anyways. And so like, you know, in the group discord that we have, we was cheering up our plug power now, but Kabeen has had it for about a year and a half now. So it's like, now he's like, yeah, I bought it at 12. It finally hit 50. So it's, it's, it's patience. And then if you are a trader, honestly, it's even more patience. So that process that it, that it took, it, it was just like mistake after mistake after mistake, meaning like you win some money, then you lose it. You win some more, then you lose it. 
and now you're back to where you started, but then you have to use that little bit to keep paying for the subscription to keep learning. And then, you know, so it's, it was it was one of the probably it was one of the biggest challenges that I've, I've had outside of prepping myself mentally like for myself that's how tough it was because it wasn't like filmmaking where you go on youtube and everyone knows what they're talking about or at least the basics of it you know you pick up a camera and now you're a videographer you can at least go shoot weddings and make money if you try to do that in the stock market, if you are buying shares and investing, that's fine. You might just be waiting a little while for you to make your money back. But if you do that as a trader, you you just lose and then you lose again and then you lose again and then you lose again. So that process for me was just slow, gradual. And yeah, it was six months, six or seven months, but it was like, honestly, like 12, 13 hour days at the time that it was just consistently just learning researching reading and then just repeating that every single day you can be involved in the stock market and not have to put that many hours behind it if you want to be an investor you can just take a simple course understand the basic and the terminology and boom you know the ins and outs when it comes to investing when you want to trade that's just that's just something that's different but when um people reach out or they have questions what i just want to teach people first is if you have a savings account there's a way to make that money not just sit there and do nothing even if you put it into a high yield savings account or even if you take it and you buy some some shares and you let it sit to the end of the year if you just buy shares and you look at it every day it might move extra slow but the whole point of that beginning stage is just knowing that if you have five thousand dollars in the savings that you don't want to touch high yield or high yield savings account or find the right shares to invest it in Look at look at it at the end of the year and watch the five thousand become ten thousand. Even if it doesn't get ten thousand, even if it's only five hundred, that's still more than what you had. That's that's like the main basics of what I wanted to just teach and put out there. The trading stuff is extra, but the main part is understanding that you can have savings and make your savings do some other stuff besides just sit in that bank account and just lose value. So how does this like now you and your two pretty much of of um and you know work <clears> is picked back up and you you out you, mm -hmm. you know, gigs like how does how has like your knowledge of trading and investing how has it changed your um outlook on being a filmmaker man in, in your business it's made me more organized it's uh it's made me want to calculate each move that I make and. And honestly, it's, it's given me thoughts that I didn't have before, such as, you know, producing my own film. If I'm able to buckle down, take my time and make some extra money on top of me gigs and taking on clients and, you know, put some aside to be able to produce our own films or produce our own spec commercials, uh, the next level of clients that we could be able to reach just for the fact that we learned another skill that added another that was another business that we were able to form but that was able to give us more money to be able to use to achieve one of our dreams so that's that's for myself how we kind of kind of navigated everything once i once i learned how to trade i was like okay um this is just extra revenue put some aside and then just keep it going you know they in the stock market they call it um they call it actually I, what is it? Rinse, rinse and repeat. That's what they call it. Rinse and repeat. Meaning 
And if, and when trading, it means you you sell it at that mark, and then you wait for the same move to happen again, and then you do it again, and then you rinse it, and then you repeat. So that's kind of how I view just my whole life of business now. It's do one thing, A, B, C, A, B, C, over and over, A, B, C. Um, your wife, like, so you and Casey, you both are working in the business together, right? Yeah. So she she handles um Casey handles the photography. I used to do photography, but then I was just like, nah, it's not for me. You know, I started, I was so busy DPing, like, like I mentioned before, before COVID, I was just like, it was a time where I literally had 14 days, 14 day, like days of shooting in a row. And I was just like, you know, people are still hitting me up about these photography gigs. I was like, Casey, you want to learn how to do photography? And it's funny because he'll tell you that I, that I didn't teach her, <laughs> but uh, filmmaker you already you know by the back of your head or in the, by the back of your hand the videos you've watched that helped you so for me when she asked me about photography i was like look watch these five videos if you have questions after that let me know and she didn't have any questions so i just was like oh and we i remember she was doing bts and it was going from light to dark and she was just changing the settings changing the, i mean yeah because you remember she was even doing bts for for um, yeah this is man yeah this is was crazy so it was it was just like it was that yeah she like because i remember like so we were shooting i vow like man we were shooting i vow in like the fall of 2019 pretty much and yeah. she was like just learning the camera right and then <laughs> So she was taking dope shots. That, my, that, the first month. that may have been the first month. The, the first month. So this was crazy, man. Like, so I was like watching her evolution on Instagram and like literally within like a couple months, like she's taking super professional high level photos. And so I'm like, yo, wait, what? when did she, she started when? Like, was she just not taking photos? Was yeah. she, she could, she just didn't want to do it. I'm like, how is she this good this fast? And so, so yeah, I never, you know, I, I, I haven't said anything, but I was just like, yo, this is crazy, man, her evolution that quickly. But yeah, so you guys are doing it in the business together. So, man, just talk about that. Because one thing that, like, I noticed about you two, again, y'all young. Talk about um, being young and married business owners, man. How is it working together? How do you guys do that? One of the things that um, we didn't grab, we didn't, con like, make this connection until probably, like, our junior or senior year of college. <clears throat> and and just so everyone knows, I met her in middle school. And, and I remember in middle school, she looked at me and told me we was going to get married. And I laughed at her. I was like, you sound crazy. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I remember she said it again in high school. And I'm like, you're funny. Like, like, I, like Is I'm she over really, there? Like, she's sitting confused. over there? No, she, she's in the other room. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but I, I, I just remember, like, this girl is out of her mind. Like, what do you mean we about to get married? Like, I'm 16. Like, you know, I, I got a life to live, whatever my reason was. But for the fact that, you know, we got married, it's just, it's a funny story. But later on, we made this connection of like, being, you know, that, you know, God gave us the mindset to be the individual to hope, hopefully be wealthy. And, at first, I was going to say rich, but I'll say wealthy. Whether if, if you want to say rich, it don't even really matter. But we both figured, like, God gave us that idea in our head. Even if our parents did have it, maybe they, 
you know, they had different things that they were going through that they couldn't get to that level, whether they because they had us early or whatever that reason is. But we always viewed it as if we felt like God gave us that thought to be, you know, the family members that are able to sustain the family's financial um, standing in the future. then it's like, then why not make that the goal? And so that's the reason why we go for, you know, our business goes so much and you know, my grandma t- tried to tell me or tell me that we don't ever sleep. We always working. I mean, honestly, we kind of are. I mean, when you were asking me about the balancing between, you know, me trading and then still having gigs, it's just ha- like I'm just on a tight schedule. Like any editing projects that I'm doing, it's uh, and same for her. Any photo editing stuff that she's doing, it's like us waking up at like 6 a.m. And making like the media stuff be done between six and like eight thirty, so that way I, then I can focus on investment stuff between nine and this time. And then if I have a shoot on a certain day, that night I stay up and just do just do as much as I can, so that way I can be gone and don't have to be on my phone. And she operates literally the same the same way. And some people like to say that it's bad for marriage, so always for the two individuals to always just be looking at work, 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 but. For us, it's really just how we connect because we both just have the same, you know, same goals of, you know, family members not having to worry about much. You know, the people who helped us get to where we are now or where we are then in the future, uh, you know, being able to help them out and just, you know, bring uplift other people that surround us. And I know a lot of people when they get rich and famous, they don't think that way. But at least that's what our mindset was always on, not just for us, for the people around us. So I'm going to say something because you said something important. Like you said, uh, people say, oh, it's bad for marriage when you, you work that much. And I and what I would say um, to those people that say that is it, it's bad for marriage when you work separate. Like, too, you know, what I'm saying when you're working, when you have almost like two separate goals, two separate visions, um, that's bad for marriage. Right. You guys are working like you said, right. you guys have a goal. And and that was deep, man. You said, why would God give us this knowledge and this mindset? Um, and, and you said wealth and riches, you, you, you went away from riches and said wealth. And so I'm gonna come back to that and ask you the, the difference. What do you feel the difference are between the two? But I just wanted to say, yo, that's dope because you guys are working together and one shared vision and goal. And that's what I pick uh-huh. up. Like when I, when I met when y'all on Ivile, it's just the way y'all move together. You know what I'm saying? And, and you don't have to say anything. I can just see it and sense it. Like, okay, you guys are on the path together moving towards that shared goal and that's powerful for marriage you know what i'm saying and so you guys are growing together so anyway what what is the difference for you between wealth and riches so if you go if you look it up on google i'm not sure what google will specifically tell you um but from my knowledge and just from what i remember is being rich is having a lot of money but being wealthy is being able to have it sustained over generations and so for us i mean i've of course the first step is just to have a lot of money in general but that main step is you know if it's not all the money and it's not you know it don't have to be all cash you know it can be a specific account for grandchildren and children's college to be paid off or you know, money, a lump sum of money for when we are gone off to earth, other other family members are taken care of. Sorry, I think it paused for two seconds. But um, wealth for us is just, like I said, just having 
financial freedom over generations. Are yeah, you, man. You know? No, that, that makes sense. That makes sense, man. No, I, you know, like I said, I wanted to have you on and, um, like I said, I watch you and just how you move, how you guys, how you both are moving and, and, um, but just, you know, inspired too, man. Like saying, you know, again, you guys are young and you guys are doing it. And, um, what are you, uh, first, let me ask you this. What does fifth media mean, man? Cause I, I never asked you that before. Like, what is, what does it mean? What's the meaning behind the name? So fifth media comes from myself. Cause I'm the fifth. I'm Eugene Wilson, the fifth. So I did fifth media and, um, I also did, uh, fifth investments with the, with the investment um, company. And it's, I kind of kept it on that same trend because if we do keep business in the family or even for people who are bystanders watching the process or in the future when you know that random person looks up and then they see fifth media or fifth investment for myself even if no one else knew it's just for myself and family to just know that that came from us so that's that's the biggest reason why i went with fifth media and went with fifth, our fifth investments i'm just excited to see you you know continue to grow man um you know, as a businessman, um, and you know, investor, the filmmaker, um, you know, we, 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 you know, we don't talk much, but it's, we, it was a great collaborating yeah. with you on Ival and just, and, 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 you know, what you did for necessarily Brenda and just, man, you know, I look forward to collaborating again with you, bro. Um, and, uh, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the last thing I'll say too, is that for the viewers, if, um, if you're a filmmaker and actually really whatever job that you're doing, I just always try to tell people that not investing isn't a bad thing. You know, I, I know you have a lot of people who are, you know, traders who may might trade like Forex and stuff. And they're like very like forceful. Like you got to be doing this to make money. You got to be doing this. Um, I'm not that person, nor do I look to brand the company as that way. It's, it's just one of those things that for the individuals who do have the mindset of thinking what else is there to do is, you know, it's there for opportunity for people to continue to learn. And I know I mentioned all the hours that I put into the trading aspect, but I mean, as, as you see, if a person just wants to worry about the investing part, um, and then also Kabeen is also developing money management courses on top of the investing stuff. So, you know, I'm really just trying to come with just more information, more educational tools to just, like you said, allow some of the entrepreneurs and specifically filmmakers to just keep that money going. I mean, because you got some filmmakers that are getting paid, you know, I mean, I follow people that's on Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. DP's making three, four thousand a show or a show, but, you know, a shoot. And it's like, what else could you do to just amplify that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find um, your know, Instagram? Uh, where can people, if they're interested in learning more about investing, where can they follow you and learn? So you can go, I'll, I'll say if you go to my personal page, with which is Gene Wilson V, you will see the fifth media and you will see the fifth investments tab in the bio. That way you can either click to either one, check, check either one out. And the link is in the bio for both of those platforms, whether you want to see the website for the media company or, or join the Discord for the investment page. And if you join the Discord, right now it's free. 
eventually we'll, you know, we might charge for other stuff, but right now it's free just to be able to create a community, get people interested. And if you have questions, you can put questions there, or you can just, you know, slide in our DMs, be the one. All right, bro, man. Appreciate you for coming on, man. Um, enjoyed this and uh, look for, like I said, man, look forward to seeing you continue to grow um, and everything that you're doing, man. And um, All right, bro. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.